Chapter Four of the Romantic by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Four. John had gone away for a week. If she could tire herself out and not dream, in the slack days between hay time and harvest, she was never tired enough. She lay awake, teased by the rucking of the coarse hot sheet under her back and the sweat that kept on sliding between her skin and her nightgown and she dreamed she was waiting in the beech ring on the top of the field inside the belt of the tree trunks a belt of stones grew up like the wall of the garden it went higher and higher and a hole opened in it a long slit she stuck her head through the hole to look out over the hills this was the watch-tower she knew as if she remembered it that john had told her to go up and wait for him there she was keeping watch for him on the tower grey mist flowed over the field like water he was down there in the field if she went to him he would take her in his arms she was walking now on the highway to borton on the hill at the dip after the turn shallow water came out of the grass borders and ran across the road cold to her naked feet she knew that something was happening to john he had gone away and she had got to find him and bring him back she had got to find the clear hill where the battleship sailed over the field instead of the ship she found the barrow farm beaches they stood in a thick ring round a clearing of grey grass and grey light john was standing there with a woman she turned and showed her sharp face the colour of white clay her long evil nose her eyes tilted corner and the thin tail of her mouth writhing that was miss lister who had been in gibson's office she had john now forms without faces shrouded white women larvae slipped from the black grooves of the beech trunks they made a ring round him with their bodies drew it in tighter and tighter the grey light beat like a pulse with the mounting horror she cried out his name and her voice sounded tragic and immense sharp like a blade of lightning screaming up to the top of the sky a black iron curtain crashed down before her and cut off the dream. Gwynnie looked up over the crook of her knee from the boot she was lacing. You made no end of a row in your sleep, Charlie. She had dreamed about him again the next night. He was walking with her on the road from the town to the farm. By the lime kiln at the turn he disappeared. He had never been there, really. She had gone out to look for him. The road kept on curling round like a snake, bringing her back and back to the white gate of the farm. When she got through the gate, she stepped off the field onto the low bridge over a black canal. The long, sharp-pointed road cut straight as a dike through the flat fields, between two lines of slender trees, tall poles with tufted tops. She knew she was awake now because the light whitened and the wind moved in the treetops and the road felt hard under her feet. When she came to the village, to the long grey walls with narrow shutters, she knew John was there. He came down the street towards the canal bridge. A group of women and children walked with him, dressed in black, Dutch women, Dutch babies. She could see their overalls and high caps and large upturned shoes, very black and distinct in the white light. This was real. They pointed their fingers and stared at her with secretive, inimical faces. Terror crept in over the street, subtle, drifting, and penetrating like an odor. John's face was happy and excited. That was how she knew him. His face was real. 
its happiness and excitement were real but as he passed her it changed it turned on her with a look she didn't know eyes of hatred eyes that repudiated and betrayed her the third night the third dream she had lost john and was looking for him walking a long time through a country she could no longer see or remember she came out of blank space to the river bridge and the red town she could see the road switchbacking over the bridge and turning sharp and slanting up the river bank to the ramparts red fortresses above the ramparts a high red town above the fortresses a thin red tower above the town the whole thing looked dangerous and unsteady as if any minute it would topple over she knew john was there something awful was happening to him and he wanted her when she stepped on the bridge the river swelled and humped itself up to the arch it flooded the bridge walls made a channel for the gush it curled over the bank and came curving down the slant road from the ramparts heavy and clear like melted glass she climbed up and up through the water and round behind the fortress to the street at the top she could see the thin tower break and lean forward like a red crane above the houses she had to get to the top before the street fell down john was shut up in the last house she ran under the tower as it fell the house stood still straight and tall john was lying in the dark room behind the closed shutters he wanted her she could hear him calling to her jeanne jeanne she couldn't see in she couldn't open the door jeanne the wall split off and leaned forward she woke suddenly to the tapping and splashing of the rain. End of chapter 4 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine